it, when your mind is right, that will that's what will correct you. Not well, I've got good habits to fall back on. It's no, it's not. I've got the right actions to fall back on. It's I remember who I am, who Christ has declared me to be. Welcome to No Sanity Required from the Ministry of Snowbird Wilderness Outfitters, a podcast about the Bible, culture, and stories from around the globe. Years ago, there was a, you know, there are those times in in your ministry career and life that are sort of formative or like milestones or um, just like like when they're distinguished and. One of them was when, so John Piper, I believe it was, had preached a sermon called Make War. That became the de facto title of the sermon. And he uses this illustration about having a wartime mentality. And then someone put a sermon jam to it. Oh, yeah. You know, and then I think it was Shaolin or somebody, Tadashi, somebody came, I think Tadashi, one, one of the the Christian hip-hop guys, or rappers came out with a a song that went with the sermon and that became something that we really Anthem, we yeah. we grabbed hold of that around here and just love it. We had t shirts made. We we actually called our Pure and Holy Conference the Make War retreat for a while. And so and that can have a negative connotation if somebody doesn't understand what you're what you're saying because oftentimes Christians get sort of we get thrown into the um, the category of being um, of, of inquisition or crusader, you know, like, and, and so when we're talking about making war in that context, we're talking about sin being the enemy. And so that's something that, that we often encounter and talk about here. And whether we're counseling students, something we see a lot at our men's conferences at, at the, the be strong conferences. It's something that we are constantly talking to guys about. So, um, but I think a lot of times people want to, they, they hear that and they go, okay, I want to do that. I want to go to battle. I want to have a wartime mentality towards sin, but how do I do that? And I think a huge part of it is understanding who you are, like your identity, yeah. you're forgiven. There's no, you're not under shame and guilt and condemnation. Um, I think it's, I think it's something that, that bears talking about. Yeah. And <clears throat> You know, timely as we're recording this as a church, we're going through the Book of Romans, and, and I think, man, that, this is where I would direct somebody in this, you know, co- conversation. Always is, you know, Paul lays out his argument so clearly in the Book of Romans, where he's he's saying, man, we need salvation, we need to be declared righteous, and and God's given that to us, not that we earn a righteousness, but by faith we get the righteousness of Jesus, like given to us. So. We're forgiven and our guilt's removed, and God sees us through our identity in Christ, that we're, we have the righteousness of Christ. So he lays that out, and then he says, yeah, and you're no longer slaves of sin, and that is not true about you. In fact, you're not a slave of sin. You're a slave of righteousness. Um, and then, But then he goes from there, and he goes into Romans 7 and talks about this conflict within himself. He talks about the conflict between, man, I want to do what's right. That he now, because he's been justified and because the Spirit of God's come to live within him and he's been set free from the slavery of sin, he has a desire to do what's right. He wants to honor the Lord. 
and that makes him at war with sin because he still has sin in his flesh. And so I think any Christian, any honest believer goes, yeah, I know that. Like, it's not so much that I got saved and now everything's great. It's, it's like I got saved and now my desire is to serve the Lord, but my flesh pushes back against that. And so we have this civil war going on inside our own soul, inside our own mind and body. And so he articulates, I think, so well the frustration of what that's like when I want to do what's right, but I keep messing up. I keep messing up. I keep giving in. And so we see that battle play out, and, and so thankful that God put this in the Bible, Romans chapter 7, um, because then it gives way to Romans chapter 8, which is life in the Spirit. That, that That's now our identity is, yeah, we're no longer under condemnation, guilt, sin, the shame of it removed. We have this battle going on inside of us, and he says it. He says, who will rescue me? Like, oh, wretched man that I am sinful person that I am, who will rescue me? He says, I thank God through Jesus Christ. And then in the next breath, he says, yeah, we're not condemned. And those of us who live and walk by the Spirit. So then our, our ammunition um, and, and the way that we strategize in fighting that battle against our flesh, against giving in to sin, against like representing ourselves over to a slave master is, and how do I submit to the Spirit? Because that's when my desires will line up with my actions is when I'm putting myself in a position of submission to the Holy Spirit to be strengthened by him. And, you know, and that's where we start talking about why, why is it so important to spend time in prayer? Why is it so important to meditate on and study and memorize the scriptures? Because that's how we put ourselves in a position um, of submission before the Lord. Um, when you talked about... <clears throat> those passages in Romans, I, I always, anytime I'm teaching one of those texts <clears throat> in six Romans 6 or 7, or anytime I'm talking to somebody, I always parallel that with Galatians 5. It says in Galatians 5, 16, I say then, walk by the Spirit, and you will certainly not carry out the desire of the flesh. I like the way the CSB says that. They put the word certainly in there. It's like, if you're, if you're walking by the Spirit, it is impossible. In a moment of submission to the Holy Spirit, it is impossible to simultaneously submit to the flesh. So it's a moment-by-moment, moment, constant tension, and at times it looks probably less violent. At other times it looks, it's war, man. You're, you're warring for your thoughts and your mind. And he goes on and he says, oh, I wanted to also point this out. He says, you certainly will not carry out the desire of the flesh. Interesting, but... The, the word carry out in the Greek is from that same word group that to telestai comes from or to bring to an end or to fulfill or complete. It's the idea of finality. And the idea is you won't live in perfection. You just won't let sin have its final say in your life. It's, it's sort of like you'll not be driven in the moment of walking in the spirit. You'll be tempted. Jesus was tempted. And, and you'll fall. And sometimes you'll fall a lot, but you'll keep fighting. You'll keep getting up. You'll keep, you'll keep working towards not letting uh, sin have its, its final say in its final way. And then he paints a really good picture of that fight. He says that, that, Rob, you were just talking about, for the flesh desires what is against the spirit. The spirit desires what is against the flesh. 
they are opposed to each other so that you don't do what you want. And he, I mean, he's painting the picture right. that in one person, there's this divided faction, these two, these two factions that are at war with one another. And, it's, and the beauty of this is in the bigger theological flow of the book of Romans is we're living in a time where as a Christian, this goes back to understand forgiveness and identity, I'm, I'm justified by faith, so I'm set free from the penalty of sin. Then I'm going to live out my life in tension and conflict with sin where I no longer have to yield to the power of sin. So I'm free when I'm saved from the penalty of sin forever. There's not, now, therefore, no, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But I have to live with the power of sin present, but I don't have to submit to it. And then ultimately, the end of the story is when I'm with the Lord, glorified, there'll no longer be the, even the presence of sin. Yes. So we're, and that's glorious to think about. <laughs> yes. So we're in the tension of there's this power. I'm at war with this power. I don't have to yield to it. I remember seeing the thing that always, the illustration that comes to mind, I remember years ago seeing a movie where in this movie scene, two guys are fighting, and the one guy is, is clearly dominating the other guy. And then he remembers he has to lose this fight. Other people's lives are at stake, so he has to throw the fight. Remember the movie? I don't remember the whole context. For some reason, he has to throw the fight. He's supposed to throw the fight, but he's supposed to make it last. He's buying time for a rescue or something. And so he, he's fighting, and he starts to win and dominate, and then he realizes, I, I've, I've destroyed this guy. I have to get him back in a position where he can beat me. So he, all, he literally wrestles the man back on top of him, and he's saying, you've got to hit me. You've got to hit me. And then the guy starts to come to his senses, and then he starts to dominate this guy, and he's just letting him beat him. And when the fight's over, this guy's beat to a pulp, but he submitted to an enemy that he had power over. And I thought, I'm watching this movie with a group of people, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. That is what we're talking about. I have victory. I have Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in me spiritually than he that is in me naturally and in the flesh. And so it is, that's where the wartime fighter mentality comes from. It comes from the Bible. It comes from Scripture. Yeah, and I think there's so many times where a student will be in this, in this battle and they will take that into, and start doubting their salvation when you know, we need to come alongside them and say, okay, the reason why this is a conflict, the reason why this is so difficult is because you are in Christ and now you're fighting and you're fighting this process of sanctification and I think it's, it's good for me especially to remember that identity we're talking about, that when God looks at you, he sees you with the righteousness mm-hmm. of Jesus, and it's out of that that you can, you, can, you can live and you can fight there, knowing that this is a process of you really becoming who you are in Christ. And it's, it, it, we need to come alongside and help encourage people with those truths. Yeah, because we're swimming upstream. It's, it's fighting against our natural desires, right. whereas giving in, in a sense, would be easy because we're going along with the current. But I, I think it's, it's so encouraging knowing that a true believer will move towards sanctification. That's right. Because the Lord has changed our identity, and he'll change our practice. Not perfect, but whoever makes a practice of righteousness is righteous. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is, is sinful. And I, I think that's not looking for perfection, but it, it's looking for the practice where, you know— what you mentioned in Galatians 5 is this is a desire-level battle. And so 
for us, a lot of times we think about fighting sin as destroying our computer, which sometimes it is. But a lot of times we don't think of fighting sin as waking up and studying the Bible because that's what's going to renew our minds and you know really um, help our desires to line up more with Christ. Because I think too often when I come to fighting sin in my own life, I think of it like, all right, I need to make a commitment. I need to resolve New Year's resolution type. I'm going to need to do this, and I'm going to need willpower, and I'm going to need, you know, if my willpower gives out, I need the reserve tank of habits, good habits. Mm-hmm. I need my mind renewed. Mm-hmm. I need the yeah. Holy Spirit to rewrite my wants. Yeah. And then, of course, I need to take the worldly wisdom of, you need good habits in place. But um, I primarily, deep down, my because of who I am, because who I am at the core is being changed, my desire for Christ is going to increase. That's one of the signs that I'm a son. I'm going to start looking yeah. like my dad little by little by little. And I think that's encouraging for students that knowing you're forgiven, knowing your identity, and knowing Christ has started the work, he'll be faithful to complete it, and that's why we fight sin. And even, even how we fight it is looking a lot of times like we dig in the Scripture. And so, you know, sometimes the follow-up question will be, okay, so if, if that's all true, if I'm forgiven— and I have this righteousness, you know, then well, why should I even ask for forgiveness? You know, you can kind of like swing too far over to the other side where maybe you go from um, beating myself up to not taking sin seriously anymore. You know, and, and I think that's where, again, Scripture will bring us back to a balanced place. Like First uh, John chapter 1 says this, uh, But if we walk in the light, so in, in truth and purity, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses, uh, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So he's bringing that balance, saying, yeah, like, you're going to sin, as a believer, you're gonna sin, and so don't lie about it. <laughs> and but but to bring it before the Lord and realize, yeah, I've been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. And so, you know, confessing sin, I think, initially for an unbeliever is for salvation, and then as a believer, uh, and it keeps us in close fellowship with God, which is where our desires would lead us. That the reason why we feel that conviction is because man, there's been separation. Not that I'm now lost again or re-enslaved to sin, but, man, as a son, I want to be close to my father. And so then confess it and know, yeah, I'm forgiven. He, because he's faithful and because he's just, uh, I have perfect fellowship with him again. Yeah, it is good. Zach, you made a good point in the conversation. I, just, I thought of two recent conversations. One, based on something you said, and I want to come back to just and we'll close this thought out, but. Um, you talked about recently people say, I'm just struggling with this. And you made the comment, no, you're not struggling. You're tapping out. You're giving up. Struggle doesn't look the same to someone who's fighting back mm-hmm. as it does to someone who's giving in. Right. It's a big deal. Big difference. And so just fight. Have a fighter mentality. And that goes back to what Spencer was saying about mindset. We recently did, uh, a few weeks ago, we did a, we did one of these on um, self-defense, just war. like can a Christian be a soldier? Can a Christian defend himself? And we talked about mindset. <clears throat> and I think, going back to what you are saying a while ago, we have the mind of Christ. 
and we need to have a mindset. We need to constantly work. It, when your mind is right, that will that's what will correct you, not, well, I've got good habits to fall back on. It's No, it's not I've got the right actions to fall back on. It's I remember who I am, who Christ has declared me to be, what you said, Zach. I've, God sees me as righteous. That's the mindset. That's critical, so critical. Thanks for listening to No Sanity Required. Please take a moment to subscribe and leave a rating. It really helps. Visit us at SWOutfitters.com to see all of our programming and resources. And we'll see you next week on No Sanity Required.